Welcome to the New Point Community Church Podcast. This message is part of our series, Life is Complicated, We Can Help. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. Hey, New Point, how are you doing? I want to give a shout out to all of our locations, those of you in Dover and Canton and Worcester, Millersburg, Coshocton, and Cambridge. I am excited about what God is doing in your community. And I also want to welcome those of you who are joining us online. Now, this is Memorial Weekend, and as you're frying those those hamburgers and flipping them and doing some dogs and, and just having a great time with your family, I want to encourage you to pause. And I want to encourage you to give thanks to those people who gave their lives so that you and I could live a life of freedom here in this great country. You know what? I know America isn't perfect, but I tell you what, it's better than any other country I know. And so just pause and give thanks and celebrate the fact that someone sacrificed so that you and I could enjoy this. Because here's what I know about each and every one of us. If you're enjoying something, it's because somebody paid for it. If you didn't pay for it, if you didn't sacrifice for it, somebody else has sacrificed and paid for it because there's no free lunches. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Now, we're in this series called Fruitful, Fruitful. And today, we're going to look at the word faithfulness. And the reason why we're taking time for this is because when you accept Jesus Christ as the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life, he comes and dwells in you. And he wants to produce fruit in your life, love and joy and peace and goodness and kindness. Today, we're going to look at faithfulness. And they should be there if you are a Christ follower. His spirit should be working in your life and in my life that produces these characteristics in our life that makes us attractive to those around us. And so today we want to look at faithful. Now, how do you define faithful? I want to define it like this today, all right? Full of faith. Full of faith. When you're full of faith, it will lead you and I to be faithful. Now, what does it mean to be full of faith? Well, let me break it down for you, okay? The word faith, okay, the Hebrew writer writes about in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. He says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So faith is believing that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he has promised to do. And this is the fuel. This is the motivator for all of us to follow Jesus, to be faithful, to be devoted to him, to be loyal to him, to be committed to him, to be faithful, to be full of faith. And when you and I are full of faith, that means that there's action. There's something happening in you and me that we are committed to act by faith. We're committed to do certain things because we have faith in who God is and what he has promised you and me. 
James, the half-brother of Jesus, this is what he writes. He says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Wow. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. He says, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. Wow. He's basically saying that the demons even believe that there's one God, and they have better theology than most of us because they tremble at that fact. James continues, and he says, how foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? So you see, we are, to sh we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Wow, that's why the fruit of the Spirit should be evident in every Christ follower. If the fruit of the Spirit is not being produced in your life and my life, I need to ask myself if really I even know Jesus Christ. And he continues with this. He says, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Wow. You see, faith is not something that I say. It's not something that I recite. It's not even something that I believe or feel. Faith is something that you and I do. Faith produces action, dedication, commitment. And James says here that faith without what? Without the work is dead. And so when you and I truly have faith in God and we believe that he is who he says he is and that he will do what he has promised to do, we act in faithful ways. We act in faithful ways. We demonstrate that we have true faith in God. And so what happens is these acts are the threads that, that holds our belief and our behavior system together. The writer says, faith without works is dead. See, what you and I have to understand is it reflects God because God is faithful. He's faithful, and he wants this fruit to be produced in you and me. Look at what Scripture has to say. Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, if we are faithless, he, referring to God, remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. And so who is God? He's faithful. Even when you and I are not faithful, in the midst of your failures and struggles and shortcomings, mine as well, God says, hey, Dwight, you know what? I am faithful. I'm loyal. I'm committed to you. Paul says it like this in another way. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. That means that we all have the same temptations, okay? You're not different from me, and I'm not different from you. And God is faithful, and he will not allow the temptation to be more than what you and I can stand. Goes on, he says, for when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Think of that. Wouldn't it be awful? Wouldn't it be terrible? Wouldn't it be depressing if you and I would wake up every morning with all of the temptation, with all of, of the wrong in life, with all of the evil that's going on, and we didn't have a chance? 
We just knew that we were automatically going to be sucked into it. Think of that, that you didn't have a chance of handling everything that life throws at you and me. We'd be depressed. We'd be defeated. We'd be discouraged. But God's faithfulness says, I will give you a way. Because I'm faithful to you, I will provide a way so that it doesn't defeat you. It doesn't destroy you. Faithfulness is a quality that all of us admire, don't we? We admire that in other people. And yet it's it's also a quality that God requires from you and me. It's required that you and I be found faithful. It doesn't matter how much talent you have, how much intelligence you have. What happens is if we're not faithful, then really, what's there? What's there? You see, if this fruit is not being produced in your life and my life, then we won't be productive. We won't be effective in knowing Jesus Christ. There'll be little or no evidence that we even have a relationship with him. And so where should this fruit of faithfulness be growing and developing and be producing in your life and in my life? Where should it be seen in your life and in my life? Where should we be focusing? Where should we be strengthening? Where should we be cooperating with the Spirit of God who lives in every believer so that this fruit called faithfulness would be seen and produced in your life and my life so that we would be effective and productive, so that we would be contagious because people love people who are faithful. Well, let me give you some things to think about today, all right? We're called to be faithful to Jesus. Now, we're coming into a time, or matter of fact, we're in the middle of a time of where people value facts over faith. I'll believe it when I, what, see it. And remaining faithful to Jesus has to be the foundation of your life and in my life. It has to be the highest priority in my life as well as your life. You see, the Hebrew writer writes it like this. Without faith, it is impossible to please and to be satisfactory to him, to God. For whoever would come near to God must believe that God exists. And then check this out and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him. You see, I I need to be faithful to Jesus because he says here that when we are faithful to him, it becomes the foundation of our life, and we honor God, we please God, and guess what else? He rewards us. He rewards us. See, Jesus says it like this, John records, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them, and check this out, and I will reveal myself to each of them. He says here that when we are faithful to him, when we are faithful to him, now how are we faithful to Jesus? Two ways, okay? By trusting him and obeying him. Trusting that he's good and obeying what he asks of you and me. And he says here in John, he says that when we do that, guess what? He will reveal himself to us. And so Jesus makes this commitment to you and me. Hey, if you're faithful to me, if you'll trust me and obey me, guess what? I will reveal myself to you. So let me ask you a question. 
Is he revealing himself to you? You see, he will if you're full of faith, if you're faithful. That's why it's imperative that you and I have a good handle on Scripture because what happens is we learn who he is and what he calls you and I to do. And we're called to be faithful to Jesus. And the way in which you and I are faithful to Jesus is by trusting in his word and by obeying his word. And when we do that, we're full of faith. We're faithful. Here's the second area, and that is in our relationships. We're called to be faithful in our relationships. Now, life is all about relationships. God says, love him and love people. And we're called to be faithful in relationships because even our, our, our walk with Jesus is about a relationship. It's about a personal relationship. And there's two areas that I want us to look at to make sure that we're being faithful, full of faith. The first one is with family. You see, if you're not faithful to your family, you won't be faithful anywhere else. Y'all right on that one? You see, the relationship with Jesus that doesn't begin at home is void, it's dead. And so we're called to be, remain, we're called to be faithful to our spouse. We're called to be faithful to our kids. We're called to be faithful to our moms and dads. You see, adultery is the ultimate act of unfaithfulness. But you know and I know that you don't just have to do it through a physical act. We can do it through many different avenues. You see, faithfulness comes from the heart. And you might say here today, Dwight, you know, I've never been unfaithful to my family or to my spouse. I've never cheated on my spouse. But some of you have love affairs with your work, with your career, with your hobbies, with money. And so what happens is you place that over your relationships with your spouse or with your kids. And there's a gap and you wonder why there's hostility, maybe between you and your kids. It's because they have a sense that you haven't been faithful to them. You see, it's very easy for you and I as a parent to make promises to our kids and then forget about them. And the fact of the matter is they don't forget about the promises that you and I make. Just ask my kids, they remember them. And so I'm called to be faithful in my relationships with my family. And so I have to ask myself, Dwight, where have you been unfaithful? Maybe to Patty or maybe to your kids. And I need to be able to go and ask for forgiveness and to be able to say, hey, I wanna restore this relationship. I, I want you to believe that I am a faithful man or a faithful woman or a faithful person. And so I wanna make that which I did that was wrong right with you. And so we're called to be faithful in our relationships with our family and with our friends, with our friends. If I were to ask you today to write five letters down or write five names of people who you could write letters to, that you would say they are a faithful friend, could you do it? Could you do it? Could you write five letters to five people and say, you know what, they are faithful? They're a faithful friend. You see, Proverbs says it like this. Many people profess loyalty, but a faithful person, who can find it? 
You see, there's really three types of friends. One is a fake friend. And a fake friend is one who uses people for their own benefit, for their own gain. And to be a fake friend, what happens is you make friends to get things from them. You establish relationships with people so that you can receive things from them for personal gain. And it's usually money. It's usually material things. Proverbs refer to it when it says this, many seek the favor of the generous. Everyone is a friend of a giver of gifts. All a poor man's relatives despise him though. How much more his friends avoid him. He pursues them with words, but they are not there. Wow. Are, are you a fake friend? All of your relationships are about what you can get and what you can receive? Or maybe you're a foul friend. A foul friend is one who is critical. They always find something wrong. They can be annoying. Sometimes they just flat out lie. Blatant lies. You see, a, a foul friend gets into conflict when they could have avoided it because they're argumentative. They just have an attitude that they constantly want to argue. They constantly want to be in conflict. Proverbs talks about that person. It says, the one who is caught lying to his friend who says, I didn't mean it, I was only joking, can be compared to a madman who randomly shoots off deadly weapons. Wow. You see, a foul friend, they're careless with their words. They say things that, that hurt people and manipulate people. Let me ask you a question. What kind of friend are you? Are you a fake friend? You know, you make friends with people because you see what they have and you don't have it and you're trying to get it from them? Are you a foul friend? You're, you're critical and you're always in, in an argument? Or are you a faithful friend? A faithful friend. Look at what Proverbs has to say again in Proverbs 27.10. So never give up on a friend or abandon a friend of your father. For in the day of your brokenness, you won't have to run to a relative for help. Wow. A friend nearby is better than a relative far away. You see, the opposite of a fake or a foul friend is a faithful friend. The fake friend is in it for themselves. The foul friend, what happens is, is they're critical. And both of them will leave you when your life is messy. A faithful friend will run to you when your life is messy. They will help you out. A faithful friend knows how to deal with disagreements and conflicts. They don't hold grudges. They're quick to forgive. They don't keep a long, detailed record of wrongs or shortcomings in your life. A faithful friend does not seek revenge. You know what they do? They make you better. They help you out. They lift you up. They encourage you. And so we've learned the importance of being faithful to Jesus and being faithful in our relationships. Let me give you this third one. Be faithful with our finances. Be faithful with our finances. Did you know that God will test you in the area of finances? Do you know that God might be withholding spiritual blessings because he tested you with finances or he tested you with possessions and you have failed? 
It's true. Luke records a conversation that Jesus is having with people. And he tells them a parable. And he goes on to say this. He says, if then you have not been faithful in handling worldly wealth, how can you be trusted with true wealth? What is he saying here? If you can't handle worldly wealth, how can you be trusted with spiritual wealth? You see, what he is saying here is this. The test in the spiritual realm is what you do in the physical realm. And if you can't be trusted with possessions and money to handle it correctly, the way in which God is asking you and I can, to do, then how can God trust you with true spiritual riches or spiritual influence or spiritual power or moral authority? You see, here's what I believe, all right? Listen up, y'all okay? Many of us here today do not have spiritual blessings because we haven't been faithful in our finances. And because we haven't been faithful in our finances, God doesn't bless us spiritually. You see, most people get this wrong. Most people think if I get real spiritual, if I just become good, if I pray and if I read my Bible and if I go to quote unquote church, God will bless me. And what we buy into is if we get right spiritually, God will bless us materially. Jesus is saying just the opposite here. He says, if you will get right materially, I will bless you spiritually. You see, Jesus is saying, if, if you do what is right with the worldly things, possessions, money, that God has placed in your life, if you handle that correctly, then he can trust you with true riches. He'll trust you with spiritual insight. He'll trust you with spiritual authority. He'll trust you with with spiritual power. You see, some of you might wonder why you read the word of God and don't understand it. It could be that, because you don't have spiritual insight. You wonder why you don't have more spiritual influence with your family or with your friends. Jesus is saying, hey, you know what I want you to do? I want you to learn to handle worldly wealth right. And when you do that, then I will entrust you with true riches. And so understand that, realize that. And so maybe that's the reason why you don't have spiritual blessings. Maybe that's why you're not getting your prayers answered. Maybe that's why you don't understand the word of God because you haven't been faithful in the material things. And if you haven't been faithful in the material things, then why would God trust you and I with true riches? Why would he give you the spiritual influence and authority and insight? Y'all okay? And so we're called to be faithful with our finances so that what happens is we can have the spiritual blessings of answered prayer of intimacy with God and spiritual authority. And so we're called to be faithful to Jesus. We're called to be faithful in our relationships. We're called to be faithful with our finances. And finally, we're called to be faithful to the church, to the church. And when I say the church, I'm not just talking about New Point. I'm talking about the church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And so I'm talking about the community of believers, every man, every woman, every person who has put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You see, the Hebrew writer refers to this. He says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not 
neglect our meeting together. Be faithful in meeting with other people, as some people do. They're not faithful. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Wow. And so what Scripture teaches is that we're called to be faithful to the fellowship of Jesus Christ. That means that we're called to be faithful to people who have trusted Jesus Christ as the forgiver of their sins and the leader of their life. Yeah, part of that is is meeting like we are here today. Another part of that is, is meeting with a group of people that you do life with on a regular basis. And so what happens is it's more than just coming to a building. It's really being committed to a a handful of people that you do life with, that you support, that you love, that you encourage, that you challenge, that you hold one another accountable. Listen, we need to realize and we need to understand that we're not a business. We're not a theater. We're the hope of the world. We're the hope of the world. And so you don't come to church. You don't come to a, a, a service like this just for what you can get out of it. You come for what you can give. You see, what you're doing is you're letting everybody know that God is important to you, that, 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 that you believe in him. It's an outward sign. And you're encouraging other people. You're helping other people. See, Jesus said it like this. He says, for wherever two or three are gathered, drawn together as my followers, that's what we're doing here, in my name, there I am in the midst of them. He promises to meet with you and me. You see, we're not called to do life alone. We're called to be full of faith, faithful to his church. Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. You see, we're called to be committed to one another, to be faithful to one another in this world. And so, faithful, full of faith. How do we live that out? Well, we're faithful to Jesus. We're faithful in our relationships with our family, and our friends. We're faithful with our finances. We're faithful to the church. You say, Dwight, wow, that's, that's huge. Well, let me tell you how you and I can ensure that that happens, that you stand before God and I stand before God, and he says, welcome thy good and faithful servant. Here's the things that we need to do. First of all, we need to prize the small things. We need to prize the small things. We need to be faithful in the small things. If you'll be faithful, listen, listen to me, if you'll be faithful in the small things, the big things will take care of themselves. The big things of life is made up of the small things of life. Little acts, little words, little thoughts. Using integrity in all of those small things, whether people see you or not. So that's what you want to do. You want to prize the small things. And secondly, you want to protect the sacred things or the secret things. You want to be able to protect the secret things. That that, that means those, those things that are precious to you, who you are, you want to protect that. You want to be able to to, to protect the secret things because here's the fact of the matter is you and I are as sick as our secrets. And so I need to protect the fact that I don't want to have secrets in my life 
that no one else knows. So I want to protect myself from that. So when I go on trips and I'm in that hotel, I want to protect myself from the secret of watching movies and films that, you know what? I hope nobody knows. I hope my spouse doesn't find out. I want to be faithful in the secret things. And then finally, I want to preserve the sacred things. I want to preserve the sacred things. What's the sacred things? The sacred things is my relationship with Jesus. Because listen to me. Listen to me. You'll never be unfaithful to someone else until first you and I are unfaithful to Jesus. That's why he's the first. That's why he's foundational. That's why he's the highest priority. I'll never be unfaithful to Patty unless first I'm unfaithful to Jesus. So you want to be able to preserve the sacred things. My relationship with Jesus, my relationship with my wife, Patty, my relationship with my kids. And how do I do that? Daily, I surrender to God. Daily, I surrender to him. And when I surrender to God and I say, God, I need you to produce in me this fruit called faithful. I wanna be faithful. I wanna be loyal. I wanna be committed. I wanna be dedicated, not only to you, but if I'm dedicated and faithful to you, Jesus, then guess what? You will empower me and you will equip me and you will enable me to be faithful to everyone else. Faithful, full faith, believing that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he has promised to do. Would you pray with me? Maybe for some of us here today, we need to take the first step of faith, and that is to place your faith in the person of Jesus Christ, that he lived, that he died, and that he rose again, all for you that he died for your sins so that you could be forgiven. He died for you so that you could have life. And you can begin this faith walk with a simple yet powerful prayer and just say, Jesus, as much as I know how, I put my faith and trust in you. I thank you for dying for my sins. And I invite you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and begin to produce the fruit of the spirit in my life. For others of us, we've done that. But maybe the fruit of faithfulness is not apparent in your life. True be known, you've been unfaithful to Jesus, maybe in your relationships, maybe in handling your finances, maybe even to the church. And maybe your prayer is, God, forgive me for being unfaithful. And today, I surrender afresh and anew to you and ask you to fill me with your spirit and produce this fruit called faithfulness, that I'll be faithful to you, Jesus. I'll be faithful in my relationships. I'll be faithful with my finances and my possessions, and I will be faithful to your church. Because at the end, I want to hear these words from you, Jesus. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. So may all of us, Jesus, be full of faith, trusting and obeying you so we can be found faithful. And it's in your name we pray and give thanks. Amen. 
If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made or let us know how God's moving through this series, visit newpoint.org forward slash contact. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media, download our app, subscribe to our weekly podcasts through the App Store or Google Play, or catch us on Roku or Apple TV. Thanks for listening to today's message, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ.